Hello, everyone, and welcome to another well-played podcast, a podcast all about playful learning. Together, we explore games, game mechanics, and the power of learning through play. With me, I have Carrie Mockham, and her Twitter handle is at HeckAwesome. Now, Carrie has been on the show a bunch because, well, she's awesome. And <laughs> Carrie and I are going to be talking about kind of a check-in here where we're finished. We're well, not finished with half the school year yet. I'm, I sort of rounded up there, but we've a lot, a lot. <laughs> we're well into the school year, so Carrie and I thought we would just chat a little bit about our games and you know, like how we're doing. A friendly check-in, uh, and we'll, we want you along for the ride. So, Carrie, if you want to introduce yourself for those new listeners. Hi, everybody. I'm uh, Carrie Bockham. I'm a sixth, seventh, and eighth grade special education teacher in uh, the northwest suburbs of Illinois. Awesome. And once again, I'm Michael Matera, the author of Explore Like a Pirate. And, uh, well, that's it. That's what I am. That's no. And I'm a sixth grade, <laughs> sixth grade social studies teacher in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Absolutely love teaching in middle school. So, Carrie, you and I both have full on year games. People have heard us talk about that. If you haven't heard us talk about that, Go watch one of the other 30-some shows that we have. Um, <laughs> we're in there somewhere. <laughs> we're in there somewhere. But, uh, you know, what are some things that you, you've, you know, you've added to your game? You've upped from your game from previous years? So, for me, first of all, um, I remember starting this journey and thinking, I am so not a gamer. And to think back to where I started with my Mario Brothers stars sticking on the wall in a die, um, and fast forward now to what I think this is like my fifth year um, gamifying, and I think it's my third year, full year. Um, it's been quite a journey, and the game is um, it's something that, you know, is is really fun, and my kids come to expect. The thing that I have that's different in my classroom from other classrooms is I get my kids for three years. So when the game ended last year, my students were like, so what's going to happen now, Mrs. Bauckham? What's going to happen? You know, what's, what are we going to do next year? Are you going to make a new game for us? And I was like, it was the first time that my game last year really felt good. Like I had taken it from beginning to end and I understood how items worked in my game and I understood how XP worked and I understood how a leaderboard worked and it finally like had flow to it. And I'm like, you want me to make a new one again? <laughs> I was like, um, no, <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like the binder that I have of stuff, you know, I was like, think that the idea of recreating that was just like, I was like, Daunting. no, yes. So I had to think creatively about how I could, um, you know, take my game and make it interesting for a set of students that were going to come back and play it for a second year. Um, and so that was, you know, a big learning curve for me. And that's where I, I mean, I know that's different for most people, but, um, that's what's been different for me for this year. But um, so my game has stayed the same, but then I've, I've started add, adding in other elements and other layers um, that have been, you know, it's been a fun new adventure for me. Did that's, I answer your question? I, I think so. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. So you, you carried your theme through, you know, right. and you're, you're really starting to dive deep into sort of one theme, one, you're not reinventing because Carrie right. her early iterations of the game would, every year kind of pick a new theme many of like the, many of the three mechanics or four years were like a new theme each year and it yeah. was a lot of work. not only that and then many of the game mechanics were i, I mean some were the same yes. but many were many were new too like when you went to sort of an angry bird sort of theme and had to 
do that bulletin board over and over and over. Don't choose Angry Birds as a theme. Don't choose Angry Birds. That's like when I when I speak at conferences and I tell the Angry Birds story. So the Angry Birds is like when you play Angry Birds, you knock down the tower, right? So imagine this wonderful tower. It looked beautiful. The bulletin board was amazing. It we had all see, towers. We all see where this is going, right? And teams, right? <laughs> and so the kids would earn XP and certain amount of XP. They'd pull off the block. Shut up. And and so and then I was I thought I was really smart because on some of the blocks there would be a dot on them. And if you got a dot, then you got to spin and pull off extra blocks. Well. If you're going to pull down a tower of 100 blocks and the game doesn't end when the tower is broken, that means you have to rebuild the tower. And if more than one team breaks down the tower at the same time, then you have to multiply that. My poor teaching assistant and I, it got to a point, I think we got down, the kids got down like two or three towers. And we're like, game over, done. You won. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Pick <laughs> 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 <Make> your incentive. <laughs> yeah. So always add on, never break down. That was that's my like my motto. <laughs> yeah. So you stuck with a the theme. I yes. mean, that's like one of the one of the changes, and you've really dove deep. What I mean, what would you say for you as the teacher? What's the feel? What's the difference when you really like double down on something like that? Uh huh. When, when you don't give up, right? Right. Right. So. Like when I think of my classroom, because I know it's different than other classrooms, I feel like um, it's different and it's not different. I just took it as, as a nice slow pace. And so I would think that um, what I did this year is I really had to stretch my thinking and I really had to think about um, game mechanics and being intentional with it. And and I actually, you know, I had to reach out to a couple people, my good, you know, my good friends that do a lot of gamification and I had to ask for help. And that was like the first time I've ever done that. Um, I mean, I'm all about we're better together, but, um, I don't know, maybe it's a weird part of me, but when it comes to doing something creative like this, I really just like to own it, my own, make it my own and do it myself. And I get kind of stubborn like this. So for me, um, thinking back to the beginning of the year, I had to, I had to reach out and like ask for help on to problem solve because I knew that, um, I didn't have the gaming game design skills to take me where I needed it to go. And I needed to, I needed help. So that was a big step for me. Yeah, that's I mean that's an awesome tip for everybody, you know? Like I guess both that you embrace the fact that like you're okay with the creative design process yourself. Mm-hmm. But then you you reach a point and you realize that there's only so many things that you have inside you, right? So so reaching outside of yourself can produce so many new ideas. And then, right. and then you can go back and be creative yourself, right? So these, right. when people help you in this creative design, it can be all manners and levels of help, right? It can be literally sitting down and helping somebody design the mechanic, or it can be just great back and forth idea generation. So, you know, enter into those conversations when you can, wherever you can. Yeah, no, it, that was, yeah, that definitely, now that I think back, that was a big step for me because I like to teach myself stuff, Um almost to a fault. But um but no, the game, you know, it's it's got some really nice mechanics. So I use a Monopoly board as my my main um focus. So once a week or yeah, during the first quarter, the kids play um the game once a week. They'll cash in their Jedi cards and then they get to spin and play the Monopoly board and buy um properties just like you would think. Um but what I did this year to add on a layer, so my students all have ranks um similar to like what Adam was talking about uh last week 
with the karate. I got my inspiration from my daughter's karate class too. So my students have ranking of Jedi swords. And so anybody who is purple or higher and also has a ship, um, once a week they can jump off the board and they can travel to planets. And then, um, so my students earn XP um, initially before they're even um, colored Jedi swords, they earn just paper XP. And then once they've got their Jedi sword, then I use I use like a card to track their points and they only get paid out once a week. And so the struggle, the, the thing I had to do too is to make sure that the students that were going to take this risk and jump off the planet weren't going to not get the same amount of reward of points than the students that were just, you know, playing it safe on the board. So I came up with just, um, uh, I don't even know what you call them because they're not really side quests. They're just kind of missions, I guess, that they go on. And so they come to the planet and they get a piece of paper and they read this backstory of the planet. So the one planet that my student went to, um, uh, the, the people were really good at building ships and stuff like that, but they, they didn't have any like, um, formal language. <clears throat> so we do a lot of sketch noting in my classroom. So for the first week, the student had to create like a visual code um, of different words. And that was just my really sneaky way of developing her visualization skills. So she'd see dog and she'd have to draw a dog. And so there was like five or six or 10 of those she had to do from fr Monday to Friday. And then when she turned it in, she got a certain amount you know, of XP. And then she also was the, um, the um, original person of that planet. So now she doesn't know it. The, the student that did that and the other kids don't know that, but if they come and land on that planet, they'll have to pay her a tax before they can get the mission. So I wanted some elements from the monopoly board to match the planet to give incentives. And the other thing I did do too, um, was when she got to the planet, she got some really big items just for taking that risk because I wanted her to, I wanted that student to feel like it was worth jumping off the board <laughs> and trying something new that the planets were worth it. So, um, and she did good. She hasn't, she, I only have one student that has a ship and is a purple lightsaber and she hasn't ventured back yet, but we'll get there. That's cool. So you, it's really, new. you really like made a whole lot larger of a world for them to sort of explore. I'm trying. It's hard for me to get them to, to take risks. And so that's the next um, which thing is, the board's safe. Which is what I love about gamification. I mean, I'm huh. a big fan of in my regular ed classroom, making it a risk rich environment. Um, they, for me, every year I, I do something called adventure paths and mm -hmm. like those, I love these. These are, they're just, they're different and the kids do not know what they're going to experience when they go on them, but it's kind of a, are you going or are you not? And you have to decide. And then once, once you decide, then it gets released. The information gets released of what it is, and then there's no going back. You can't say like, "Oh, I don't, I don't like to make speeches, so I'm not going to do this one." Like, yeah, that's similar to the planets. Like once they get to the planet, they, I, they, I'm not, I don't allow them. Yeah, to get I, off. I just love this, uh, this setup because it, it not being graded per se. A lot of these things are just sort of side quests, extra challenges. Um, they can now try these things you can now you, they could give a speech and it's not hurting their grade um but it's still 
they're st- we're all still built to succeed. Like, so ki- I still find kids still try their hardest. Kids still do amazing things. And then a lot of times kind of overcome some of these fears. I'm not going to say that every kid does, but mm-hmm. many of them are kind of like, you know, that wasn't so bad. And all I did was remove the fear of the grade. That's, that's it. Cause it's, it's just, it's a game now. Um, and they're doing this stuff. They're creating things. They're writing these. I had one side quest I did was kids had to write a, content-based song around an old cartoon theme (laughs) and you know when i put those kind of side quests out there i think it's going to be my artistic kids uh but then like come to find out i get you know 10 15 songs from the quiet kid i haven't heard talk all year or the kid that i don't think would be musically inclined but like they still tackled it you know Mm -hmm. it's just that power of true sort of agency or choice is unbelievable to me in a gamified class uh, and what it unlocks. And that that has just been wonderful to see over the years. And I guess the question that I started asking you... Like, <laughs> Which I didn't answer, did I? <laughs> no, I mean, you did, but like... I just... I'm curious, like... I have this new thing that like... This new frame that I've been thinking about is... And it's not necessarily gamification related, just any sort of movement we do in our classrooms. And I'm not talking about the district ones that are applied to us. I'm talking the ones you choose, the one you're in control of. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wonder, do we give up too quickly? You know, I like gamification has been the only thing that I have like stuck with in my profession for any like great length. And I think about where I've come in it. And I think about, those that have come along on this journey in there and there's been so many on you know xp lab that have started so many that and even some that have continued you know that have been on there now for two three years Mm -hmm. um but there are others that try it for a year and then you don't hear from them again the next year and then you find out like well i'm trying something else and that there is true like power in like trying new things of course but I like I wonder too if any of these movements, you know, standard-based grading or project-based learning or whatever, whatever the, you know, whatever your choice is, do we give up before we actually reap the real results? Like, I don't know, because asking you, because you've gamified your class now for, like you said, five years, full gamified for three. Mm-hmm. Um, there are just things like that we now can see because we're that deep into the woods, so to speak, yep. that others never got to experience. So I guess my question in that vein, what does it feel like? Like, what do you, what do you feel now or what do you see now that maybe you didn't see year two or year one? Um, you know, I feel like my first year, it was just about, bringing this fun and like this shot of adrenaline into my teaching. Um, and I've said this before, you know, I'm going into like my 19th or 20th year of teaching and gamification. I feel like it just gave me a reboot, um, in the passion level, you know, it's like, this is why I teach, you know, it was like I was reborn. And, um, and I know that sounds like really big and bold, but I'm, I'm like seriously serious about that. I mean, to be a special education teacher for 20 years, I feel like, and to feel like I still have the energy of a first year teacher, it's because of gamification. Um, so 
coming from that first energy level and then remembering coming off of last year and last year was an amazing year. And then, I mean, I do remember having a little bit of a down point this year thinking, Oh, it's a lot of work. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, you have to put a lot of effort into gamification. And I, I do wonder sometimes if that's where we lose people, you know, the thought of, um, having this whole system and running this whole system. But then I reminded myself of how much the kids loved it, how much I loved it, um, how that, and I had to remind myself too, if I'm feeling this way, then what's missing. And what was missing was me taking the elements of the game, me taking my students and using both together to bring out the very best in them and to keep pushing the game forward um, to to get the best out of my classroom and the best out of my students. And once I kept that mindset, that's where things didn't die or go away. It just kept growing and um, it's become kind of just a, a mindset in my classroom too, you know, being a gamer and um, the kids know that this is how we think. So it's just, it's also entered a whole other level for my class too. I mean, we're just, I don't know, everything's changed about it. Yeah. I mean, everything. I like, I think similar to you, I like the words you used, you know, that first year, what I hear from other gamifiers and what I remember back myself is that that initial sort of passion and excitement and exuberance that the kids now have. It's infectious and then it gets you to be all like, yeah, like what's the next thing I'm going to do? This is amazing. But then when you have to reboot that whole system next year, when you're mm -hmm. like, you've had your summer break and then you pull out the, you know, quote unquote, level one of this game that you did last year, you might not even remember some parts. You're like, how did I roll that out? What was this for? Yep. And you're staring at a ton of like work. It can be like tempting to just be like, mm. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll start that next week. And then like all of a sudden you don't start it up. Um, but I also liked how you talked about um, this like dip that you sort of have in this like, oh man, that's a lot of work. But what what sort of made you press on is sort of remembering back that this is this year's students' first mm -hmm. year, right? Mm -hmm. So like while you're looking at it like, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> like, get that thing back started and running and creating. Um, we got to remember that we get a new batch of students even you who have the students for three years still get a new batch. i mean there's still that mm -hmm. first year group and mm -hmm. there's probably kids that transfer in and are yep. new you know to your eighth grade class or whatever yep. um and it's their first experience and we have to remind ourselves and again this isn't gamification specific we have to remind ourselves whatever thing we're doing it's like that kid's first time first time first time and for us it might be our 10th time or our third time our second time but for that kid it's their first time um and i like i think more and more about how like i can't stop actually <laughs> to like, understand that like i was thinking through and I, <laughs> again no offense to anybody that has stopped doing any sort of movement but in the book, I write about this new world versus old world. And I was thinking more and more about that. And the reality is, like, I can't go back. I can't go back to the old world. Like, I have left ignorance, right? 
and, and again, not putting anybody down, but like once you see the shot in the arm, once you see the excitement, once you see the exuberance, and once you actually move beyond this, this is what I think Carrie and I would say we see in our classrooms. It isn't just behavioral management. It is like pushing kids to be the sort of best versions of themselves. And, you know, it's just, it's not just play. It's, it's beyond play. Right. Um, it's really this, it's really this, it is play, but it's this really smart, focused, um, intentional play that allows us to tap into that part of human beings that love to learn and then all at the same time ask them to do things they never knew they could do and bring out the best in them. It's yeah. just, it really has an amazing impact on kids. But I think you only get to that, that kind of high you quality. You got to ride it out a bit. Mm-hmm. You do. And like you, you, you need to even craft it like or hone it would be a better way like i there i wasn't getting those kind of results like first year like i was getting the pop of excitement and engagement but like i can't say i was necessarily making the best versions of the students right like that came over time with like honing these mechanics making these mechanics work together the language i used in the class the like way that i would roll different things out you know um it's it's all together but you get you get to that level by sticking with something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I was just thinking about Dave Burgess and his, you know, make lessons that you can sell tickets to. And in this new world, old world sort of discussion, once you make a lesson that you can sell tickets to, how do you uh, like put that on the shelf and then not make another one? Right. Like, right, this is what I mean by I can't go back because I'm forever changed. Like, I've seen the new world. I know what it can do. I can't just say, like, and I'm just not going to do that. Like, it's just, I don't know, something I've been musing. And this year, it's just helped me, I guess, double down on the new world. You know, like, go out and explore even further. Try more. Get reinvigorated to develop it further. Um it's been nice. So kind of like you said, I mean, I think we all can experience that lull where you're kind of like, Ooh, it's a lot of work, mm-hmm. but you know, press through as you can or, or give yourself grace and it's okay to have that lull. But then I hope, you know, you get back in there because it's or, so awesome. Yeah. Or if it's something that you really do love, think about why you're in this lull and think, and think about, you know, what do you need to do to, to reinvigorate yourself and your students. If it really is something meaningful, no matter what it is in your classroom, it, um, if you start to feel the lull, then it might be time to just just reassess and reiterate and, you know, try something different too. So, um, yeah. yeah, no, I can't imagine going backwards either. I can't imagine like knowing that I can take my students to, to you know, to point A already and then to think how much further I could get them if I, if I keep fine tuning my skills as a game designer. You know, like what more can I bring out into my students? I mean, the language that I use in my classroom is language I I never would have thought, you know, that I would like, you know, they're just my, I have a classroom full of risk takers and they don't, That's awesome. I never would have thought, like, I remember like entering into gamification thinking, um, nobody can ever lose because they might cry and get their feelings hurt. That's not true. Um, kids are really, really resilient, especially when it comes to games. Um, and just even that element in my classroom that you can fail and then you can go on. That's like the, my kids are resilient. You know, you, you just had to pay somebody rent. Oh, and they hate that. But then they move on and they go on, you know. Um, but then also just like the mini games that pop up in my classroom or um, 
I'm doing some new twist on entering into some side quests, but I'm keeping them kind of mysterious and um, that's for another time. I haven't quite worked that out, but the fact that my kids can take all these surprises at, at a minute's notice kids that like on their IEPs need a predictable schedule need to know in advance when schedules change can come into a gaming element and be totally surprised and blown away by not knowing what's going to happen. And they just roll with it. It's just, it just allows for an opportunity to grow, um, to build a lot of skills, you know, I for love, me. I love hearing you talk about your classroom. It's infectious. <laughs> I mean, cause you're so proud. You're proud of those kiddos. You're proud of what they, where they've be, moved to. And as mm -hmm. somebody that's like a veteran, you know, of, of that experience of a special ed classroom for 20 years to hear you speak about where your kiddos get today because because of gamification and because of years experience teaching but i mean the blend of the two it there's just a pride and it's a joy yeah. to hear, hear you speak about your classroom yeah it's thank you um yeah and we've talked about this a little bit too it's just you know it started off with you know the stars and the die and now we're to the point, too, where I'm having conversations with, like, you and our other XP Lab people about, like, what is a gamer's mindset? Like, and I've started to find myself, even out loud in my classroom, great job thinking that through or great job looking ahead in the game and, like, changing how I'm even talking to them sometimes to try to build those gamer mindset skills to get students to look at my students don't always look five steps ahead you know they see one step but when they do no, see no the, middle schooler <laughs> thinks five steps ahead anyways um when my students do start to show those skills really verbally like oh my gosh i love how you you know you saw that two steps ahead and really doing that big pump up um in the game or when they make a smart decision about um about an item or something um it's just been, you know, it's really fun to watch. And that's something I would say, too, you know, if you if you are seeing students struggling with things in your classroom, verbal prompts can be really a great way to kind of not lead them to things like just wondering out loud, like, gosh, I wonder if there's an item that could help you do anything on a board if you were stuck in a black hole. So just sometimes I think, you know, that kind of thing has really helped my kiddos, too, with just but it's been really fun just to change how I talk about things and how I get them to think through things. Um, you know, not, not giving them the answer, not yeah, but leading them to places too. And that's what gamification can do too. I think, you know, it's parts of it lead kids to discovery rather than just letting them, um, be given it. Yeah, no, I'm a huge fan of how gamification's really like squarely in the constructivist sort of model, right? That like we create a system that allows them to construct a meaning uh, and then they own it because they, they figured these things out. They created this combo or they went on this challenge and created this, this product or whatever the case may be, but it's just neat to see the kids do that. Um, and you know, the other thing too, that I think about in gamification is in my class, there's been plenty of things I've added over the years and. There's also been plenty of things that I've had to prune, but what I liked hearing you talk about, you 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 sort of started to tell us that you were going to add these side quests, but then you didn't really share it, and that's totally okay. <laughs> that is for another time. But yes. what I think I want everyone out there to hear is these things take time to develop, right? Like Carrie and I have things that are in sort of beta or prototype, and some never launch out of beta and prototype, or some we put into play 
and then they wither and die. Like they're just like, yeah, like I'm not, yeah, that whole thing I have up on that board, haven't used it all. You know, like it's fine to do that. Like again, Carrie spoke about kids are resilient and kids understand that like you're designing this game over and above your regular coursework for you as a teacher. So don't be afraid to try something and, you know, I guess, yeah, yeah, just get out there and try some of these things. It's yeah, okay. and I would say, yeah, and I would say too, don't, don't think that just because something's defined to be what it is, like a side quest is defined as this or items are defined as this, doesn't mean that you can't just use them for whatever you want to use or use them for how it works for your classroom. It doesn't, there are no rules when it comes to game design to what it's connecting the game elements to what you need it to be for your classroom. Yeah. So there's always permission to think differently. I love it. Well, Kara, I can't believe it, but we're we're at reflection time already. That darn music. If only I we can could hear it. If only we could stop it. <laughs> it's okay. But it, it's happened, so here we are. Um, today's quote kind of fits with what we're talking about. We're we're sort of reflecting on our year and some of our experiences and whatnot. Um, so here's the quote: uh, "The more reflective you are, the more effective you are." How do you feel like that hits you? I feel like that um, I feel like gamification has made me a more reflective teacher. I feel like the I feel like you can't make growth without being reflective. And so being able to look at things and, and figure out how you can um, use them to optimize your teaching, but also get the very best out in your students without that, your students aren't going to continue to grow and your classroom's not going to continue to grow and you aren't either. So I think they're, I think being a reflective person and a reflective teacher, um, is essential. Yeah, I agree. I think to sort of take this quote in a different direction a little bit, cause that's just <laughs> how my crazy mind works. Um, I think, you know, obviously like being reflective helps and I think we all are reflective. What I have learned in gamification is to be more like in the moment reflective so when i put those things in play i mean my mind is like on like hyper alert mode watching how those mechanics work if i'm doing a mini game like seeing kids faces did was that exciting was this was that too challenging was did, did that mechanic work the way i wanted and sometimes on the fly introduce a change and i just act like it's level two you know i just act like and that was phase one now we're moving into the challenge round and all i'm doing is just adjusting what i saw didn't work a moment ago so i think sometimes when we think of reflective we think of sitting down you know Agreed. the next day and sort of writing up how it went i, I think that is important but i think gamification has made me like crazy in the moment reflective and, and observant maybe is a better word um, yeah, definitely hyper observant for me about seeing how my students' learning styles and their personalities interact with the game even more than that before. That sounds like that could be an entire show some other time. <laughs> so, well, well, you know, that's code for Carrie. We're done talking. <laughs> no, that's not. That's like my point being like, hey, all you listeners, all you like six out there, <laughs> this is coming down the pike. We're gonna do a, a show on on. Uh, being hyper observant. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, Carrie, uh, thanks for joining us on Well Played again. It is always my pleasure, and the the six other people, their pleasure as well. So. <laughs> I hope we have more than six. We do. I'm just. I sorry. 
little self <laughs> little self deprecating this morning. Uh, everybody, you know, thanks for listening out there. It's an honor having you listen, learn, and play with us. Uh, check out Carrie's YouTube channel and my YouTube channel. I'll put it in the links below. Uh, there's some great stuff on both of our channels to sort of grow as an educator. And as always, you know, join in XP Lab or you know, you know, connect. Just connect. Uh, enjoy your week and play on.